0: Grandstand.
1: This is The Two halves with Amanda Shalala and Matt Lowe, on ABC Grandstand Digital.
2: And Reynolds goes back down the centre, he's got that Drew Reload back on his inside, he draws the fullback. now he's made the dummy, a beautiful football from Josh Reynolds, and the doggies are back in front, 14-10, totally individual try from Josh Reynolds. Ennis. Last play, Reynolds puts the kick in. Coming forward as Parrot, Parrot has it. Parrot scores. Yes. Try. Oh, what wonderful skills from Parrot! He had the ball. He came to ground, and at the very last moment, he put out a big right paw and put it down on the line for
3: mine. Hello, I'm Amanda Shalala, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Two Halves, where we talk all things rugby league one day after the Bulldogs defeated the Eels 20 points to 16 to open round two of the NRL. My co-host, as always, is Matt Logue from Rugby League Week. Matt, welcome. Another exciting game last night after a really good round last week as well.
4: Afternoon, listeners. Yeah, the the Bulldogs, the dogs of war, they certainly came to the fore last night. I thought they were very good. It It was a dire game, particularly in the second half, but they got the job done as they only know how to.
3: We should mention that you can listen to this show, of course, on digital radio. If you don't have one of those, never fear. You can always go onto the Grandstand website, abc.net.au forward slash Grandstand. Follow the links to the podcast page to get your rugby league fix. Let's look more in depth at that game from last night. A Pulsating first half, but that second half really was a war of attrition. No points scored, Matt.
4: Yeah, you're right. The first half, plenty of points scored. And I thought Josh Reynolds for the Bulldogs was the standout. His solo try, as was called there by ABC, he he was brilliant. He he threw the dummy and and Jared Hayne fell for it and his kicking game was spot on. I think on the back of Josh Reynolds the Bulldogs got on top. Parramatta were pretty good. I think they've come a long way under Ricky Stewart, but in that second half when they had 54-55% of the ball, they had a glut of possession and really didn't finish it off. A lot of... Pressure on Chris Sandow. He did a pretty good job. He ran the ball, yeah. but they just couldn't get over the line. And I suppose credit to the Bulldogs' defence. They hung in there very well.
3: An understrength Bulldogs team. So very good news for Des Hasler that they can still manage to win, even without the bulk of their forward pack. Speaking of Josh Reynolds, I know it's a couple months away still, but origin, it's always there. It's always something that we have to think about. I know it's early on in the season, but a Reynolds-Reynolds halves combination for the Blues. Can we call it this early? Josh Reynolds from the Bulldogs at 5'8", then Adam Reynolds from the Rabbit half halfback. I'm calling it now. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, it, it is very early, but but I do admit both of them are in great form. I think maybe Adam Reynolds from South Sydney is a little bit off, but Josh just reeks origin. He's yeah. just tough. He's a niggler. He gets out there. He's a competitor. Oh, I love the way he plays. If Tommy Radonicus says that he loves Josh Reynolds' play, <laughs> then pick him for the Blues.
3: That's all you need. If you've got the Tommy seal of approval, that's all you need as a Blues fan. As Shannon Burns spoke to Bulldog Centre Josh Morris last night. Let's hear a little bit from him.
0: Josh Morris, you look absolutely spent. How tough was that tonight?
5: Yeah, we made it very tough for ourselves. Um, That second half was uh, pretty poor. We uh, we didn't complete. We kept on turning over the ball. and When you have to make that many tackles and chase your tail, you you, you get pretty tired. So luckily enough, we hung on there.
0: And just in that, I mean, you pretty much had to defend for that whole 40 minutes in the second half.
5: Yeah, like I said, obviously our completion rate wasn't very good. Uh, We pushed too many passes and, and just simple execution let us down. So something we definitely need to work on and I'm sure Des will uh, get a rocket up us come this week. <laughs>
0: and just on, uh, you must have got a rocket at half time though, can I just say did, did you get one? Because you all looked pretty focused and uh, quiet as you walked out.
5: Yeah certainly, uh, like, like the second half, in our first half we probably didn't complete like we should and um, we got Melbourne next week and if we toss up that garbage they're going to flog us.
0: And just I guess uh, you're still missing some of your, your key players though, some of your other players like Tolman really stood up tonight?
5: Yeah Aidan was awesome tonight, he, he took the ball forward really good, and his carries has got us out of trouble. So he was definitely one of our best tonight.
0: And just quickly on your opposition, uh, I guess uh, from seeing them last season, uh, a bit of improvement in the old eels?
5: Yeah, definitely. Obviously, uh, having Ricky in origin, um, you know, he, he's got that mateship, and he, he wants you to bring it close together, and they've certainly shown that in the first two weeks of the competition. They're going to be a real force this year. And just
0: quickly, you mentioned mateship there. I must touch on uh, a good mate of yours from the club returned, I understand, uh, yesterday. Just to uh, say hello, uh, how excited are you all to get Ben Barber at least back training soon?
5: Yeah, it's, it's good to have Benny back. Obviously, we don't know when he's going to play, but um, no, it's good to see him back. And um, as, a, as a team, we'll bend around him and, and uh, make sure that he, he gets his headspace right before he gets on the field. Well, congratulations on
0: the win tonight. It was a lot of defending in that second half, but thanks very much Tom talking to ABC Grandstand. Thanks very much.
3: Josh Morris there. Matt, what do you think? He mentioned Ben Barber there. Dez Hasler has said he's not going to be back for next week's game against the Storm, but do you think maybe the week after that he could be back in consideration for the Dogs? I'm
4: hearing it's very close. Uh, I I believe it will take an independent medical advisor to clear Benny Barber, but he's making progress and, and he's going well. Speaking with Josh Reynolds after the game last night, he said to see Benny turn up to training the other day, just to see him there was great. It gave the side a real lift. I think he'll be back soon, but I think they're wary that he has to be right, and I think Todd Greenberg will make sure of that.
3: Yeah, whatever's best for Ben. I'm sure that's what everyone in the rugby league community wants. Let's hear now from someone on the losing side. Shannon also spoke to Eels halfback Chris Sando.
0: Chris Sando is very kind enough to stop and chat with us. Uh, Chris, I guess, uh, wow, that went down to the wire. Just not able to get any points in that second half.
5: Yeah, yeah it was tough, you know. I think we need a game like that, right? you know, um, after coming off a big win last week, you know, and. Um, no, it was a grinding game of footy tonight, and um, that, that'll be good um for our, for our season this year, yeah.
0: And just how much are you enjoying your footy at the moment? Yeah. You, you you're running around with a smile and a lot more energy this
5: year. Yeah, 100. I think um the preseason's been good for me uh, under stick and the new coach and stuff that came in this year. Um, now all the boys are happy and um we all know what we're doing, so it's really good. And just talk us through some of your,
0: your, your young players that t- touch on Clemmer for us. Yeah, no, the, um,
5: the young guys came in and trained this year, and um, some of the two, two of the boys got to start today, and um. That's really exciting for Parra and the fans, you know. Um, but the, the young um, talent that's coming through at the moment is, is, is phenomenal, yeah.
0: And just on the, the crowd, 25,000 on a Thursday night, what a great atmosphere we had here tonight.
5: Yeah, it was good, you know, and we could hear the crowd out there, and uh, hopefully we keep turning up this year.
0: Well, not your night tonight, but uh, just you personally. We're only round two, and we're very much enjoying uh, a big smile on Chris Sandell's face. Yeah, that's
5: no, good. Thank you.
3: It really was a tale of two teams afterwards looking at both their reactions. The Bulldogs really quite downcast despite the win, but the Eels very happy and Ricky Stewart saying he was really proud of the team. What do you make of those differing reactions from both sides, Matt?
4: Where they finished on the competition table last season, 100%. (laughs) Parramatta Wooden Spooners going forward. Ricky even said it during the week. If we get two tries within the Bulldogs, we'll, we'll be happy. The Bulldogs, they were grand finalists last year. They set the competition alight with Benny Barber at the back. So they've got very, very high expectations. And they know they get take on the Melbourne Storm, the defending yeah. premiers, who just won over in England against Leeds in a, a fantastic performance. So they know they've got to go to another level. Uh, as Josh Morris said, they'll get belted if, if they don't turn up or if they turn up with a similar attitude.
3: What about the Eels, though? So we saw them have an amazing performance last week, thrashing the Warriors, who weren't particularly good. But while there were positives to take out, someone like Jared Hayne, he didn't have a particularly good game. A lot of defensive errors. He didn't light up in a tag. What did you make of his performance?
4: Yeah, it was very disappointing. Uh, I suppose to Jared's credit, he did come out in the press comments and put his hand up and say, "I didn't play well, and I should have been more involved." No doubt, Parramatta need Jared Hayne and Chris Sandow at their best every week if there are any chance of winning. They've got a great, uh, not a, a bad side, not a bad roster, but they need those superstars firing.
3: What do you think? How can we assess their performance after two rounds? Can Eels fans be optimistic this season? Is it going to be better than last year?
4: Oh, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest positive I can take is just their attitude in defence. They're turning up, they're having a go, and they seem like a happy club. That wasn't the case last year. So I think that's that's a positive. But they've still got deficiencies, particularly in attack. That's a big area that I think they'll have to improve.
3: Let's look at the fans' point of view. You were out there last night. Thursday night football, a bit of a new concept for the NRL. They had one round of it last year, or one game last year. Was there a good, healthy crowd, 25,000? But was it a good atmosphere there? And do you think the fans actually like Thursday night footy?
4: I think it was a great atmosphere. I think it's mixed reactions. I think a lot of fans... Some people can't get there because of work commitments and things like that. It had a bit of a Monday night feel to it. So, yeah, I hope it works. We'll see in this first month. But uh, too much footy is not enough, really.
3: (laughs) I'm with you there. So the Bulldogs, four-point winners over the Eels to kick off round two of the NRL. You're listening to The Two Halves on Grandstand Digital.
1: The Two Halves Friday with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue on ABC Grandstand Digital.
3: This is the two halves, Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue, taking you through all the footy action. Now, one of the big stories this week, Matt, last week we had the Sharks. This week it's all about the Raiders The Canberra Raiders have decided to sack their star fullback, Josh Dugan, after repeated indiscretions, and they've stood down Blake Ferguson indefinitely. To bring us up to date on what is the latest from Canberra is Grandstand's Tim Gavel. Tim, thank you very much for joining us. Can you just tell us now, where does Josh Dugan stand in terms of his availability to sign with another club?
1: Well, Amanda, it's very much up to the NRL to decide now. Effectively, the Raiders have washed their hands of Josh Dugan they did that yesterday by sacking him. My understanding is the Raiders don't have to pay Josh Dugan one more cent of his contract. He was paid on Monday, I think it was, so I don't think he has to. Uh, he, he will receive any more money in terms of his contract with the Canberra Raiders, and it's very much up to the NRL. Incidentally, David Smith and uh, and John Grant were both at the at the the board meeting yesterday at Canberra Stadium, so they'd be well aware of uh, what was going on here in Canberra with Josh Dugan and Blake Ferguson but with Josh Dugan looking to find another club uh, he'll have to satisfy certain criteria I would imagine with the NRL I mean, Josh Dugan has come out on Twitter and said that he has off-field issues Uh, that to me sends up warning signs for the NRL in terms of registering his contract straight away
4: Tim, how long do you expect this to take and do you applaud the NRL I suppose for being on the front foot and being proactive on this?
1: Yep. Um, I I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, I don't know what the off-field issues are with Josh Dugan. I know that some clubs have expressed interest in signing him. St. George, Illawarra, the Gold Coast, the Brisbane Broncos, they've been clubs that have sort of intimated through some of their playing staff, I might add, not not through their their coach or chief executive, that they might be interested in in securing the services of Josh Dugan, but they've got to have money under the salary cap. I've had a bit of a look around. Um, The Dragons may have some money, and also the Gold Coast Titans also have some spare cash after Scott Prince went to the Brisbane Broncos, so that could be an option for him, um, but he's got to get in the right frame of mind and want to play football. I just got the impression, watching him on the weekend, that he was he was a reluctant footballer. He, he just didn't seem to want to be there, and you get the impression over the last couple of years that he's really struggled for motivation, Josh Dugan, and I think that's that's an issue that needs to be dealt with by any club that is interested in signing Josh Dugan as a potential player. I think you've got to applaud the Canberra Raiders. I mean, they've effectively sank two of their biggest stars over the last couple of years with Todd Carney and now Josh Dugan.
3: Well, can you just give us a little bit more of the backstory about Josh's relationship with his teammates and with the coach, David Ferner, because there are a lot of reports coming out that he didn't have a good relationship at all with those that he played alongside and the coach, what do you know of of how he interacted with them?
1: Um, having spoken to a few of the players, I think he lost the support of the senior playing group and that was pretty vital. I mean, you want your, your players to be playing alongside you, you want to be playing with a team that is United, and it was pretty obvious that uh, things have become pretty fractured this week. Uh, given that, I guess, the, the side had had a loss against the Panthers on the weekend, and a player misses the rehab session, then misses the video session on the Tuesday, it's pretty obvious that he doesn't want to play with this club. I mean, that's that's a fair snub. And then to to post the pictures of you and Blake Ferguson drinking alcohol on the top of a, a roof at Nichols in Canberra, I mean, it's... It's pretty much a snub, isn't it, to, to the Canberra Raiders, I would have thought. And, and naturally enough, uh, Coach David Ferner wasn't impressed, uh, nor were the senior playing group. And they had a say, uh, because both David Ferner and the playing group were questioned about uh, you know, what, what should be done with Blake Ferguson and Josh Dugan. So it's not as if it was very much up to the board. It was very much a collective decision.
4: Tim, you touched on it before with Todd Carney, and the Canberra Raiders have had a horror stretch of luck with some of these star players that leave the Raiders and then go on like Todd Carney and win a Dally M medal. Like in in that respect, you've got to really feel f- for the Canberra Raiders. But as you say, uh, applaud their stance.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's always hard in a one team town like Canberra. We've seen it with the Brisbane Broncos. We've seen it with with the Newcastle Knights. You know that it is particularly tough in one team towns. Um, because you know, effectively, it, it's it's such a focus, and um, you know, certainly, the players at times tend to feel a little bulletproof. I mean, they're the only team in town, rugby league-wise, so you know, lauded um, and uh, sort of put up on a pedestal. Uh, whereas in Sydney and, and other places, you you probably don't have that that same sort of focus on on the one team, and and it's always it's always a question mark as to you know the role that the media plays. You know you tend to build them up uh, into superstars and superheroes and whatever. Uh, you know, it it can make them, I guess, to a certain degree, feel as though they're they're um, above everybody else, <laughs> and and uh, you know it makes them do you know, silly things at times. Yeah. So you know it's it's it, it's very much the one team town syndrome to a certain extent here. But yes, yeah, so the Canberra Raiders. You look at the players they've they've sacked over the. The last five years or so, there's there's been Todd Carney, John Monaghan, uh, and now Josh Dugan, essentially uh, three of the biggest names that have played for the Canberra Raiders in the last decade or so.
3: Now, of course, the other player in this whole equation is Blake Ferguson. He's been stood down indefinitely. Do you have any idea of when he might be back and why he was given a second chance when Dugan wasn't?
1: Uh, yeah, um, part of it with Blake Ferguson as to why he was given a second chance, I think that The fact is that the playing group, the senior playing group, thought that Josh Dugan was a little bit different than Blake Ferguson and that they felt as though Dugan didn't want to play for them. And it's different with Ferguson. They believe that Ferguson really wants to play for the Canberra Raiders, very much a good team player, but just does some silly things off the field. I'd suggest too that Dugan's rap sheet is probably a little bigger than than Blake Ferguson. Ferguson's only been with the club a couple of years. So I think that that was part of it. And I think that, He has the confidence of the senior playing group, Blake Ferguson. He was certainly out there training again yesterday. The other thing is that Dugan didn't turn up to the the Tuesday video session, whereas Ferguson did. And I think that that showed a fair bit of courage turning up to to front his teammates and front the management and the coach after the drama the day before. So that's the reason why there is a little bit of a difference here between Ferguson and Dugan. As to when he'll come back, don't know, but he was certainly training out there yesterday yesterday. Uh, I I would imagine that it'll be a couple of weeks and they're talking about giving him counselling. I think he has some off-field issues to deal with Blake Ferguson and and counselling may be one aspect of this whole thing before he comes back.
3: Well, Tim Gable, we appreciate you taking the time to update us. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Matt.
3: So Matt, interesting to hear from Tim there. It's terrible news, really, for the Raiders. They've been through so much over the years, and still searching for their first premiership in a very long time. What are you hearing about where Josh Dugan may go? Most people are saying it's going to be Broncos, Titans, or the Dragons. Mm. Do you have any further insight on that?
4: Hearing, hearing, were that the St George Illawarra are the favourites. I think. Brisbane have had a history littered of releasing players for similar indiscretions. So in some respects, it would maybe a little bit hypocritical if they did sign Josh. As Tim explained, he's got to go now through a pretty lengthy examination before he can get back on the field.
3: The other two big developing stories this week have been surrounding the Sharks and the Seagulls, this ongoing Asada investigation. I know everyone's getting very fatigued by it all. We just want to talk about footy for goodness sake. But look, is there anything new that you can tell us about what's going on there?
4: Well, the Cronulla Sharks, they've now got evidence, Asada, of phone tapping and they've actually said to the Sharks players, C- can you come forward? Whereas on Manly's case, it's now been reported that there was a, a male nurse that helped with injections at off-site at uh, Josh Perry's place, former Manly player who's now over in England. He's placing Curl Curl. So developments every day and... Uh, ASADA are certainly monitoring it and uh, we'll see more and more in the coming weeks.
3: Well, that's enough scandal and drama and controversy for now. Coming up on The Two Halves, we'll preview the rest of Round 2 of the NRL. Do you think that Lance Armstrong realised what a Pandora's box he was opening? No,
1: because Lance only thinks of
4: Lance.
3: Gaby, how are you going? Good, Frankie.
4: Greetings from
3: Glasgow. I've uh,
2: spent the day here to watch soccer uh, soccer Sensations from Rogage. Francis, Francis Leach. Leach. So it's uh, once again a reminder that Facebook can be like just pulling your pants down in the town square.
4: It can be. So
1: you've really got to be aware anything you do can be used against you in the court of Facebook. Join Francis Leach Friday to Monday every week on ABC Grandstand Digital.
3: ABC Grandstand.
1: This is The Two Halves on ABC Grandstand Digital.
3: Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue with you talking all things footy. Now we're going to have a look at the other games that will be played this weekend. And let's start with one of the feature games this weekend, which will be the Manly Seagulls hosting the Newcastle Knights at Brookvale Oval. Both teams coming off victories and joining us to preview this clash is injured Knights hooker Matt Hilda. Matt, welcome. Firstly, we have to ask you about the thumb injury. How's it coming along and when can we expect to see you back?
2: Um, it's it's going pretty well. It's um, they first off give me three or four weeks out, so it's only been about three weeks, and I should be right next game.
4: Maddie, obviously on the sidelines at the moment, but a fantastic performance by your teammates against the West Tigers on Monday night. What were your thoughts?
2: Uh, I thought they were great. You know, they they didn't give them a chance. They just shut them out with their ball control, and um, you know, and some of the outside backs were just brilliant. So, you know, they can keep that going. We'll, we'll be going all right.
3: Throughout the pre-season, another pre-season now under Wayne Bennett, what has been the message that he's really been reinforcing within the club?
2: Um, yeah, it's, it's the same as he always has all since he's been here anyway. No, um, it's no secret Wayne, Wayne's big on ball control and, um, you know, getting through his sets and getting a good kick in and kick chase and defending well and, and that's what wins games and he knows what's win games and, um, you know, I think it's starting to sink into our guys and they did it well the other night.
4: Matty, some new additions at the club. Obviously, Kirk Idley's back from injury, but Jeremy Smith and Bo Scott, what do they add? And it was pretty evident, I thought, on Monday night.
2: Um, well, they're great. You know, they, They're good around the club, even off the field, and they've got um, a wealth of experience between them. Um, yeah, I just, and everyone knows, you know, they're they're pretty much sort of enforcers. They're, they're a bit threatening out in the field, and um they've just got to sort of control that anger and... and um. They'll go a long way to help us win games.
3: Nothing wrong with a bit of controlled aggression. The team will be playing Manly this weekend. Brookvale is definitely a fortress for the Seagulls. They had a good win against the Broncos. What do you think you guys need to do in order to get the two points?
2: Um, well, you have got to play well because um, whenever anyone asks me, you know who's going to be the good side, I always, always say Manly. You know they're always a strong side every year, um, and every, whenever you go down to Brookvale, you know they're always competitive and they. You walk away pretty bruised, so um they just gotta match it with them in the forwards and you know, hopefully our, our outside bats can do what they did the other night and you know, get some tries and we should win the game.
4: Travis Waddell, uh, obviously he's come in, mate, Danny is injured yourself. Uh he did really well, I thought.
2: Yeah, he's made, he's a good player. He's he's been in camera for a while and played a played a fair bit of first grade, so he you know, he knows what he's doing out there and um yeah, I think he did really well. You know, he's come in, you know, with not much training and he's, he's jumped straight into round one um, playing for the Knights, so I think he did a good job. And Tyrone off the bench did a good job playing number nine too. So I think I think they've got a good combination going there.
3: There are always high expectations when it comes to the Knights. Newcastle as a town absolutely loves its rugby league. As a team, though, and the players amongst yourselves, what sort of aims are you setting yourself for this season?
2: Uh, we haven't really, I don't think we've really sat down and sort of um, decide where you want to get to or well, obviously you want to you know, do the best we can with the side we've got. And that, you know, obviously we have got to win the comp win the premiership but um, I don't know, we, you know there's a lot of expectation there was last year and you know, it just feels a lot better this year and the, I think the side um, with the cyber we've got we've got potential to, to do really well we've just got to you know, focus on what, what our job is and not worry about all the
4: outside distractions and get the job done. Mate, bit finally, big Willie Mason last year provided plenty of colour in in the dressing room, bit of humour. Has he continued on that path again this year?
2: Yeah, he yeah, so has. I think we needed a guy like Willie to come into the side. Um, you know, he's a, he's a bit out there, outspoken, and um, he certainly gets, gets the, the place laughing, so it's good to have him around.
3: Matt Hilda, thanks very much for joining us. All the best with your recovery and good luck for the Knights this weekend. Uh, thanks
2: a lot. See you later.
3: All right, Matt, let's have a look at the other games this weekend. Tonight we'll have the St. George Illawarra Dragons hosting the Brisbane Broncos in Wollongong. The Dragons coming off that pretty disappointing defeat against the Storm, while the Broncos also had a loss to Manly. Who are you liking in this one?
4: Both sides mirror each other, I think, in some respects. It was a tale of the halves for both sides. The Brisbane Broncos halves last week were a bit disappointing. Wallace and Prince, and the same I suppose for the St George Illawarra Dragons. Jamie Soward and Nathan Feen. A lot of criticism to Feen. I think it's down there in Wollongong, so the Dragons are a shot, but the Broncos. I'll stick with them. I just I just I think I'll like to think they can can get the the, the win. But um, it'll it'll be definitely be a close one, particularly because it's in Wollongong.
3: The Dragons, they do know how to perform in Wollongong. I think they'll really be stinging from last week's loss. There wasn't much to like about that performance defensively, particularly a lot of deficiencies from the red and white. So I'm going with the Dragons to bounce back. No surprise there, though. A look, tomorrow, the first game will be the Warriors hosting the Roosters over at Eden Park. They haven't played a lot of games there in Auckland. Of course, Sunny Bill returning to New Zealand as well. I mean, the Warriors were pretty bad last week can they bounce back
4: I have my doubts yeah geez, they how were bad weren't they <laughs> a lot of soul searching over there in New Zealand this week the Sydney Roosters recruited really well I thought they just come up against a South Sydney side that were red hot and they're ready to win a premiership South Sydney so I'll stick with the Roosters I think that they got I like James Maloney and Mitchell Pearce in the Haas I think they're going to come good It'll be a hard game because it's over there, but no, I, I like the Roosters.
3: What sort of reception do you think James Maloney will get back in New Zealand? That's his former club, of course.
4: Oh, plenty of booze. You'd like to think, <laughs> wouldn't you? Uh, but it's good. I think rugby league stretching its tentacles, when we're playing games over there at Eden Park. I think it's good to see.
3: Then we've got another match of the round. So arguably, Knights Sea Eagles. That's a massive one, and then Cowboys taking on the Storm. This is probably the biggest match so far in the comp. I mean, it's re- I'm finding this one really difficult to pick. Can you pick a winner?
4: Yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, <laughs> Melbourne Storm have got five wins from their past six of games at Townsville, so that's that's a pretty great you know record given they're playing away from home. The Cowboys, though, we all saw last week. It was against an undermanned bulldog side, but Jonathan Thurston, Maddie Bowen, that pack, geez, they look formidable. It is. It's very very difficult to pick. I'll stick with the Storm, just based on I think those three superstars: Cronk, Slater. And Smith will get him home.
3: Jonathan Thurston, of course, re-signed with the Cowboys earlier this week. A huge boost for the club. There were rumours that maybe he would take the big bucks on offer from some Sydney clubs. How big is that for the Cowboys as an organisation to hang on to JT?
4: Massive. Uh, hes uh, I think he's arguably up there with Cameron Smith as the best player in the game. Everyone's got their different opinions. But Jonathan Thurston is that good. Matty Johns was in the paper today saying that he'll be better than joey sorry bro but it's a big call but he's that good jonathan thurston and to mold your whole club around promote jonathan thurston is invaluable
3: i'm finding this one tough to pick as i said but i'll go with the cowboys in that one then on sunday afternoon we have the gold coast titans taking on the canberra raiders The Titans, they were just pipped by the Sharkies last week and they actually didn't look too bad, particularly that new halves combination of Kelly and Caesar seems to be gelling well. Can the Raiders bounce back after a tough week?
4: Oh, it's very difficult. There'll be a lot of things going on in their mind. They've got a point to prove, but, Jesus, it's very difficult When what's happened this week in the nation's capital. The Gold Coast Titans, I think you're 100% right. They, They were very good against the sharks then a grinding match i think albert kelly there's a lot of question marks over him given his yeah. his off field issues in the past but defensively i thought he was very strong they got a great pack I'll, I'll stick with the Gold Coast at home.
3: Dave Taylor. I mean, it's, I just marvel at him every time you see him. I know he's been around for a few years now, but he just seems to get bigger and more menacing each time he runs out onto the field.
4: Oh, if he, he ran out, you'd run the other way, <laughs> or you'd duck or something. But, yeah, he is he's, he's a very, very fearsome footballer, and you throw him in with Greg Bird and Nate Miles and Douglas up front. They're, they've got a pretty good side there, the Titans, Yeah.
3: Also on Sunday afternoon will be West's Tigers playing the Penrith Panthers out at Campbelltown. The Tigers, again, really disappointing against the Knights on Monday night. Whereas the Panthers, they started their season really well against the Raiders. Uh, I mean, can the Tigers do anything this year? It's, it doesn't look good after round one.
4: No, they were very disappointing. Their ball control was horrendous. They didn't touch the ball for 19 minutes. Oh, I think There was a period there in the game the Knights just dominated. You'd like to think they can hit back at home, but the Penrith Panthers, I thought they were, I thought they were pretty good out there against the Canberra Raiders. They have got new recruits, Sikamaru and Lewis Brown, and James Seguiaro off the bench. I thought he was very good. So I'll stick with the Tigers. I think they'll be fired up. And expect a big one from Benji. A lot of criticism coming his way this week. So expect the Kiwi to fire up.
3: I don't know if I can show as much faith in the Tigers as you have. I'm going to go with the Panthers in this one. The final game of the round will be on Monday night, Rabbitohs v Sharks. Surely the Bunnies will just wipe the floor with the Sharkies, even though, you know, they're still trying to do it for the fans, do it for Flano and everyone else.
4: You'd think that uh, it's easy to get up for one game and the emotion around it, but then to back it up a week later, it's just very tiresome there's even a story in rugby league week this week that the sharks place might have fears of self harm so it's very very difficult times yeah stick with the bunnies all
3: right that is all for the two halves this week remember you can listen to the other half of our show with Shannon Byrne on monday and all the matches can be heard on abc local radio or digital radio across the weekend enjoy the footy
1: tuned right here on ABC Grandstand Digital.